So tonight we're talking about one of the greatest failures uh, that we see in the Bible. Um, you know, Judas obviously wins every time. But when we think of like epic, dramatic failures, um, David's affair is, is right up there at the top. And he's what's interesting about David is he's, in one sense, you see this epic failure, but then you also see he's one of the most uh, revered Bible characters that there is. And, and so it's an interesting dynamic with David. I, I, David is somebody that uh, I really enjoy reading and, and learning about. And, you know, and he wrote most of the Psalms. And, and you get some of the most vulnerable passages that someone can have with God. And it really helps you when you go through some deep and dark times or you've made some major mistakes uh, the Psalms really help pick you back up because you go, man, God didn't kill him for saying that. I think God's okay with me uh, being real with where I'm at right now. Um, but let's go right to it. Okay, so in 2 Samuel chapter 11, uh, 1 through 5. And before we read this, I think it's really important to understand. Uh, David's no longer this little guy that, that did the remarkable feat of killing Goliath. Uh, you know, that happened a long time ago. And now he's this king. He's established. He's just been uh, destroying any uh, army or nation that's, that's literally uh, opposing him. And so he's kind of in that season, that, that space where he's just like, everything is great. Uh, everything he touches just seems to, to work out. It's clear God's hand is on him. And uh, for some of you, you felt seasons like that in your life where, where, man, it just seems like everything is going great. And you're like, man, just I don't want anything to mess with this. Please, this is so good. There's no drama in my life. Like things are like working out how I'd hoped um, and, and all of that. And, and so he's in that season. And, and then we read this in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. It says this, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and he was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the woo, woof, man, that's what I get, woof, uh, the roof, a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eli Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. That's not like, oh, they took a nap. Okay, it's biblical for they had sex. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Boom. Okay. Now, once again, David is in this amazing place in his life, right? Everything's working out. It's all good. And then... We see, number one, it said that in seasons when kings go out to battle and they lead their troops, where was David? Where was he? He was, he was at his castle. 
So, so the first thing that we see is David's not where he's supposed to be. Okay? Now, now this is really, really important. He, he sent Joab to, to lead the army. This is the thing that, that this is the king's role. And, and by doing so, he is, um, one, he's isolated and he's in a situation that he shouldn't be in. It's very clear right away. He's, this is where he's supposed to be and he's not there. And so this is the starting place for, for, for us. Okay, when we think about those things that hold us back, it starts with not being where you're not supposed to be. Okay, and, and, and like, and, and so I think you guys, when you think about your, yourself and your life and you not being where you should be, there are certain places you should not be at. Okay, and you know what they are. Right. I, I remember when when I was struggling, I knew exactly where those places were. There are certain situations that you shouldn't put yourself in. Right. Because for some of you, it's a specific location and you go, man, I can't go there. I know what happens if I go there. I can't be in that house or I can't be in that situation. I don't know. Are there clubs in Eugene? I don't even know. Are there clubs in Eugene? You guys, you're not going to get in trouble. You can like tell you can say, yes, there's clubs. I can't see. Are there clubs? Okay. I can't believe you guys go to clubs, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what, I, but I don't know. I went, yeah, I don't, man, it would be weird to go to a club here, I guess, but they have them. Um, that used to be my struggle, I guess, but I don't know if it'd be a struggle if I lived here, I get, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know I don't know. I've never seen like a club here. Uh, anyway, so I don't know where that place is for you, but it could be a specific party, it could be an event, um, but here's the thing that is interesting about this. David is at his home. You guys, here's the thing that nobody tells you that I'm going to tell you. For you, that very place may be your home. Okay, now, what do I mean by that? See, by him being isolated at home, you know, having this idle time and just hanging out, it, it literally positioned him to be in this dangerous, susceptible place because no one else is around. Everybody's out where they're supposed to be and there he is and he's got this time, nothing's happening. Guys, you're going to face some of your fiercest temptations when you're all alone. People don't tell, I hate it. They don't warn you with that. They don't warn you with that. Because here's the other reality. Guys, it's in those moments that you decide to go to those places you know you shouldn't go to. That battle all, all happens at home. And it's really, really tough. In fact, it's the most difficult when all your group, your accountability is all out and you're by yourself in your home and, 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 and you're, it's just you. 
Like, and, and, and that's when you start to get into your own head. That's when you start to think about these things that have, have historically been an issue, been a problem for you. Uh, and, and you start to dwell on those things. And so for David, it wasn't the club. It wasn't this situation. Uh, for David, it was literally that danger place was for him to be in his position at his house by himself. And there he is. And, and that was the most dangerous place for him to be at that particular time and he goes up there on that roof and he sees this woman bathing now was it a sin for him to see her oh shoot I don't know no wasn't a sin for him to see her okay accidents happen all right they do it's when you continue to look right it's when you know it's it's you know it's what we call right the look back right you've that second glance right the first there you go right I always say just acknowledge God well done with that one you hit it out of the park okay and then you move on right like and that's okay like God like it's like, man, you took more time with that, well played, okay? Enjoy all that, and you move on, okay? The problem is when you're like, wow, God, you really took your time and did amazing work there. And then you start to go with your mind. It's when you notice and you are walking away, and then you go, hold on. And you turn back. And now all of a sudden, it's not just, oh, good job, God. It's, it's now about me. And I'm starting to take what was a harmless thought, and I start to take it to a place it shouldn't go. And you guys have seen this. I mean, I've told that story before where I was at the gym on the treadmill and this dude is over here and this girl walks by, you know, strutting her stuff and, and all of that. And this dude's like done. I mean, he sees it. And I just I watched him because I could see it coming. Like he had he had his eye on her like he was already like this. And as she just started coming, I'm like, I'm not even seeing her anymore. I'm like looking at him. And I just see his head tilting, and then, and then she goes that way, and you know what? You're on a treadmill. That thing ain't moving. You're the only one that moves. And he started moving with his head because that's what happens when you move your head, okay? There you go. That's free. And, and he just took off, and then he shot. Like, thud, shoot. That's what happens if you eat it on a treadmill. It's two dramatic movements. You hit hard, and then you're shot, okay? And, that, and then he just shot right out, <laughs> And then I had to, like, do that and just, like, because I lost it, you know. And, uh, you know, because then I almost shot out. And, but it was different. It wasn't sinful. And it wasn't a sinful shoot. But, like, that's what happens. You got, that's how it happens. And that's how quick it happens. That's how quick it happens. And for him, like, it's so dangerous because what? Like, um, a lot of times you'll take that thought and, and you can't really do anything about that thought. So you take it and then you go to do whatever and, and, and you take it to a place that you shouldn't somewhere else. But David, he's got all the power, the authority. And so here he is, empty castle. Everybody's out where, they're where he's supposed to be. He's not there. And, and so what does he do? He's like, man, I can do what I 
I want. She is beautiful. Um, I want that. And, and so what does he do, right? It, it takes him down this road. It's when you guys start to dwell on those things. That's, what, that's, what, that's when you get into danger territory. Uh, in James chapter 1, 14 and 15, it says this, but each one is tempted when he is carried away, and it could be she, is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it has run its course, brings forth death. I love those verses. Because what those verses do is they speak to the progression of it. And that's what I love about it. I love it because it, it gives you an idea of, of a harmful thought's complete progression to the end, which is death, right? And so it's literally this, this little, and, and uh, I was about to say, if you've ever had a baby, um, but <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if you have, but we've had a few. So it's literally like when you first find out it's, you know, and you go in for the ultrasound and you're like, oh my gosh. And it's not like, oh my gosh, it's like, ugh. When you see them like that, they're gross looking. And, but then they grow, right? Like they start to grow. You guys, when you allow these thoughts into your mind, you guys, it doesn't just go away. It slowly starts to grow. That's what it does to where ultimately it comes out, right? It's just like a baby. Like it doesn't stay. Babies don't stay there. They go out, okay? And, and, and so those destructive, harmful thoughts in your mind, they don't stay there. You just dwell on them more. And for some of you, it happens quicker than others. In fact, it's more dangerous for those of you that barely notice it. It's there, but you don't give it a lot of attention. That's actually more dangerous because uh, it grows to a, it, it's larger by the time you notice it. Versus some of you, man, you're just like, there it is, there it is. And, and it's not like, oh, that's good, but you have got to be aware, you guys, that that's how it works. It progresses. It never stays the same. And so, and this can go, you know, we talk about lust, and that's what we're talking about here, sexual lust, but it can apply to so many different things, you guys. There's harmful thoughts uh, that you can have about yourself. Um, I mean, I spent hours yesterday with someone who, who literally is like thinking, it's not worth living anymore. And you know what we were focused on talking about? All of this. All of this. And the thoughts, you guys, that, that, that this person has allowed in there and, 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 and allowed to develop and grow, they're awful. They're horrible. And what once was so innocent, so just not a big deal, it slowly had taken over this person's mind to the place where, 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 where they're at that, that literal point of what? What does it say? It brings forth death. And sometimes we read verses like that and we just kind of laugh it off. But, but you guys, like when you think of the danger of some of these things, like, like lust, like lust is not designed to be a problem. Lust is designed to overtake you. And you may read death like physical death, and it can lead to physical death, some of these things. But I'll tell you what, uh, it can also be the death of your marriage. Go ahead and Google top five, you know, things that end marriages. Google it. 
See what pops up in all the studies. What's consistent? You'll see, okay? You'll see affairs, for sure. You'll see infidelity. You'll see, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see how that impacts of, I don't love them anymore, right? Why don't you love them anymore? Because you've allowed your mind to take you to a place that it shouldn't. And so, you guys, it can be the death of that. It can, be the, it can literally uh, lead to, uh, you know, uh, your, into your kids. I, I mean, it's, it's awful and, and it's crazy to think uh, the danger that a lot of times we just are okay with building in our minds. But it starts in here, you guys, and it, and it never stays here. That's the danger of it. It always progresses and it's going to birth something in your life. Um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, how many times I've talked to people and, and they said, you know, Steve, I've never seen this in my life before and it just happened. But then I've also met with people who said, Steve, this has been a problem for years, years. And it's just been a slow build. You guys, um, David was carried away, it says, by his lust, and it gave birth to sin, right? Because that thought, he dwelled on it, and then what? It says he inquired about her, right? So, so it no longer was, oops, I saw a beautiful woman that's bathing. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, man, who is that? Who is that? Somebody, somebody tell me about that woman that I saw. And so he finds out who it is, and... You guys, when you get to that phase, you're aware, right? So when you start to act on something like that, when you take it beyond that place and, and you start to inquire like that, you have now entered a different phase, okay? At that phase, you're actually aware of what you're doing. It's no longer naive. It's no longer this like playful thing. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing now. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it may not be lust. It could be something else, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, I know because I've been there to where you know that this is not right, but I'm still choosing to do it at this phase. You start to what? You start to justify your actions. And a lot of times you'll justify your actions by telling yourself, well, I've already gone this far. Well, I've already done this. I might as well just finish. I've already gotten here. Like, I mean, I've already crossed all these lines. Like, God's already mad. Like, let's just, like, finish it off. Let's just, you know, follow through. Those are the things we tell ourselves. Guys, once you go a little down the road, it becomes easier to keep going. But I think what catches so many of us off guard is the pace picks up. The pace doesn't stay the same. The more you go down this road, you guys, your speed picks up, right? Like every time I've talked to somebody who's been in an affair, it, it, who, who was the person who committed it, they're every single time, they, they're shocked. 
Like they're shocked. And if I know them well, they're like, they're like, they're literally, I mean, I've had people weeping before me, just like what going, what have I done? I don't know how I got here. I can't believe this. Like, and, and, and I know people, I know they genuinely meant what they said at the altar. And here they are, they're weeping after, after destroying so much that was like great and all of that. And it was never even, a lot of times it was never even about that other person. It's literally them starting down this road and not understanding that the pace had picked up. And guess what that pace does? It drags you along. And all of a sudden you keep going and you start to justify just enough to keep you going. But like I said, you don't realize how far you've gotten. And then that's when he does the destroying. Because his, his like, like he's not trying to get you guys to stumble. Okay, his goal wasn't like, oh, got you, David. No, he wants to ruin David's life. He wants to ruin the kingdom, right? And so in your life, guys, man, I know, and it's getting like an intense talk. I don't know, sometimes when you talk, it just starts to get intense. This is, I guess it's just what's needed tonight. Like his goal is literally to destroy your life. That's it. Like he wants, that conversation I had yesterday with this person, he wants them to take their life. That's his goal with them. He wants them to literally get to the place where the greatest gift, right, that God has given you, the, the ability to live and to breathe and to have an opportunity to have a relationship with him for eternal life. He wants you to ultimately get so discouraged and beat up that you could actually turn on God's greatest gift and literally end it all. And, and, and so, you guys, you just need to know that's what he's doing. So when you play uh, in this realm, whatever that struggle is, and you keep allowing it to cultivate and grow and, 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 and just be like, ah, oh, it's just a struggle, da, 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 and you keep going, guys, his end result is not for you to stumble. It's to destroy you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And then it says this, and this is Paul talking. It says, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. He says, and we, uh, as an example to all of you, and he's speaking to this church that struggle with all kinds of crazy sins and struggles and everything. He says, we take every thought captive under the obedience to Christ. I want you to just think about what that even looks like. To take a thought captive. Because here's the reality. One of two things happens with your struggle, with the thing that continues to try and pull you back in. That thought either takes you captive or you take it captive. There's no in between. And, and, and so you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Am, am I going to allow this thought to, to rob me, to hijack all that God's doing in my life? Or am I going to choose to take that and go, you've got no business in this. You've got no business being a part of this. And actually taking it captive and going before God, no way. No. But, but that's got to be, a, 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 that's gotta be something that is, is on your mind. Guys, I think about this daily. I think about it daily. Because if you don't take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. And we see what they have, this affair, and then she gets pregnant. In 2 Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 11, 6, it says, So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. 
I'm not going to read it all to you, but this is what happens. Uriah, her husband, comes back from war. David brings him back for this purpose. He brings him back so that he'll go home and make love to his wife. So that now he'll think the baby's his. But the problem is this. What happens is Uriah comes back and he refuses to go home. He's there uh, literally laying outside uh, the castle there. And, and, and David literally like gives him gifts to like go home and celebrate with his wife. You know, some, you know, some nice wine, some chocolates, all that. Like go home, you know, da, 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 da. And, and what does he do? He's like, I'm not going home because he's a good soldier. And he's like, all of them are out there fighting um, and, and, they're, and they're in this battle. Who am I to come home and then go to my wife and make love and all that while they're out there doing that I can't do that and David's like oh shoot so what do I do right like this is what happens guys the pace picks up right so now David's like okay he's scrambling guys man this is this is so familiar I've been in so many situations where it's not working out how I think it needs to work out to fix it so what do I do I go farther and I don't even realize, but the pace is picking up and the mistakes are stacking. To, they're starting to stack and I'm going deeper. And David then goes, I'm going to get this guy drunk and then he'll go home and make love to his wife. I just got to get him drunk. So that's what David does. He gets him drunk, invites him to this party, gets him drunk. Guess what? <laughs> he doesn't go home. He passes out there on David's couch. Shoot. So, so... Now what does he do? Pace picks up, right? Pace picks up. Now he decides to have Uriah literally carry his own death sentence to the commander. He has him carry a note from the king to the commander. And you know what the note says? The note says, have Uriah, place Uriah at the front, at the very front of the most difficult battle scene where, where people are dying in that, place them at the front and charge and, and have the flanks, everybody else pull back when you get close to the wall. He literally has him murdered, you guys. Has him murdered. This is David. This is David. Mr. Kid's Bible, poster child. And, and in a matter of days, this is where he's at. How did he get there? A man that is described as a man after God's own heart. How does he get there? And all of a sudden, he's here. You guys, it all started right here. It started with him, one, being in a place he shouldn't have been, which unfortunately was his own home, but he shouldn't have been there. He's not supposed to be there right now. And he's there, and he's sitting in this space, this idleness of time that, that you know should have been occupied, and he's there. And then all of a sudden, he sees something, and he doesn't look, and he doesn't go, great job, God. All of a sudden, he's looking, and he's looking, He's looking some more, and now here we go. It's birth, and now he's inquiring, who is that? And then before he knows it, she's at the house, and then there we go, and now it's on, and then, oh, she's pregnant. There's no way. How do we cover this up? Speed picks up. Here we go. Let's get him back. Oh, nope, it's not working. So now let's, let's kill him. Let's kill him. And before you know, he's waking up probably that next day going, man, I just had an affair. I've got a child coming, and I just murdered a guy. And you got to imagine that morning. Some of you have had some rough mornings. Amen. 
you've had some nights and you woke up and you want to know what happened. That's a morning I can't even imagine. And just like that, he's gone that far. Guys, once you allow yourself to go down this journey, it takes control of you. You no longer have control of it. Lust happens when I take a desire for something outside of the context or beyond the context of God's design. It can be sexually motivated. It can be wealth driven uh, or even just a desire for power. Okay, lust uh, is, is one of those things that can be taken uh, and, and can be revealed in, in a lot of different ways. And here it was sexually driven and motivated. And I'll just tell you what, man, when we think about culture as a whole, man, that's that's probably the biggest when we see lust. Is, is that. And, and, and you guys, there are so many people in situations from just this past year where people have allowed their lust to take them to tragic and disastrous places. And, and it was shocking how far it took them. Guys, lust almost took everything away from David. Guys, ultimately, God didn't just turn around and go, okay, David, I'm not looking. Do everything you want. No. God sent a prophet to him and prophet Nathan came and called him out and, and said, this is what's going to happen. They lost that baby. David's own family, the prophet says, your, your, your family is going gonna, is gonna to literally like wreck itself. And we see one brother, one son of David's murder, his brother. We see other stuff happen that I'm not going to talk about. Horrible stuff. And, and you see this unfold to the point where one of his sons literally tries to overthrow the kingdom from his dad, David. And, and so we see this destruction that happened. It created division in his kingdom. All of these things happen. And you guys, um, when we think about this lust stuff, man, it can take you to addiction. It can ruin your relationships and it can ultimately destroy your life. Because what makes lust so dangerous is this. It never is satisfied. You can never satisfy it. So what, you, what it does to you is it keeps you coming back because you keep wanting more. That's where it gets you. Okay, like lust, and remember, lust is taking, God's, taking something beyond or outside of God's design, right? When, when things are in God's design, you guys, that's when you see the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, the peace, all those things. The fulfillment is there. Our problem is we take these things outside of that, and, and all that lust does is, is like it literally, it's like a quick fix, but it keeps you wanting more because you're not satisfied. It's not how God had designed it. And, and, and so what happens is it keeps you coming, right? It just keeps you coming back for, for, for more because, because that's what you want. That was, that was good. It felt good, but it, it just wasn't. There's more there. I know there's there. So you keep going. The problem is the pace picks up and you just don't realize it. And it, and it, and it literally takes a hold of your heart. But ultimately, here's, here's the good news about this story, you guys. That ultimately didn't define David, okay? He repented. In fact, Psalm 51 is literally all about his dialogue with God uh, and him seeking like forgiveness. 
And, and one of the most popular Psalms, Psalm 5110, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And he says, and renew a right spirit within me. God created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Guys, he, he goes to God just completely broken. He is broken over what he did. And he repented. Yeah, there was, man, there was, there was consequences. And there's going to be consequences, you guys, in your lives for, for things that you do. There just is. But that's not the end of David's story. It wasn't the end. You know, God did some amazing things still in his life. And God still blessed him. It wasn't it for him, you guys. And so for those of you that are allowing, whether it's lust, whether it's something else right now, to take hold of your mind, take hold of your heart, and, and you see it, it's starting to pull you in. You're starting to go to a place you know you shouldn't be. The speed's starting to pick up. This is your warning. Turn around. Stop. you got to take that thought captive. Whatever that may be, it may be a thought about you towards you. I don't know what that thought is. You have got to take that thought captive. Please, I beg you to take that thought captive because it wants to run your life into the ground. And, and, and for some of you, if you're way down the road, man, just stop. Ask for help. Get help. Get help. Identify that tonight, that you're too far down. Okay? And, and for some of you that think you're just harmlessly playing around with something you've got no business playing around with, stop. You know from this story what the plan is that's against you. Please. Guys, if you can learn to identify these thoughts and take them captive, man, this will be so worth it. And it'll change your life, okay? And it'll save that incredible marriage that maybe God has for you. It'll save moments with your family and things down the road. Because like I said, Satan right now is working on you guys for 10 years from now. He's trying to do things now to mess with the 10-year plan that God has for you, okay? But hey, you're here. There's an opportunity to change, okay? So let's, let's take that to heart. Let me pray.